Welcome to the For the Throne Dynasty Podcast. Starring your defending champion, Randy of House Santarelli, Ryan of House Palmer, Logan of House Meyer, Tyler of House Para, Danny of House Sladke, Jake of House Hollyfield, Andy of House Pollock, Michael of House Sladke, Justin of House St. Peter, Steve of House Ellinger, Garrett of House Sturkin, and Will of House Larson. We are back, finally, to be able to chat some Dynasty football in our For the Throne League. Since we last talked to you guys, Will and I have joined a college football Dynasty League. We each got a school to go along with our teams. So I am the Kansas State Wildcats. Will, who's your team? I am the Missouri Tigers, who are in the SEC, but just for alignment purposes, I'm actually now an honorary member of the Big 12 Conference. And then Ryan is Texas Tech, and Jake is the Kansas Jayhawks. We are all part of the Big 12 Conference. We want to try to get into our league. Will, I know that you also, your friend was going to join it as well, but something fell off there, right? Yeah, he kind of realized it was going to be too much of a commitment, and I don't think he truly understood what it was going to take to be a part of a dynasty league. So he kind of backed out, and luckily we we were able to find somebody last minute, uh, my fraternity brother, Travis. And so I said, all you need to do is just follow along. If you have any questions regarding trades, come through me first. Try not to embarrass yourself and uh, we'll have a good time. I don't think he fully knows that his team is Oklahoma State. <laughs> He's just kind of running with it, but uh, I think he learned a, a ton, and we'll see how he does this year with his team. Now, he said don't make any dumb trades. I think he did make one, and it actually got reversed, correct? It did. Thank goodness for <laughs> Eric there kind of reversing that and saving Travis from making a fool of himself. I mean, he did already as it was, but it was kind of hilarious at the time, and I kind of told him that's what that's what it's like to be screwed over and i don't think he truly understood the meaning of rookie picks and with the league that we're a part of we have four rounds and just with 12 teams and just having only offense it gets rather tough so travis really didn't fully understand the concept of a rookie pick there looking at the trades we have here in the last week so the very first trade that went down came between ryan palmer and justin st peter Ryan is very, very deep at wide receiver. So he was in the market for a running back. He didn't know, and I don't think he believed he could have got one of those top-tier rookie running backs, even with having two first-round picks this year. So he ends up trading his 109 and his Devontae Adams ownership over to Justin for Elvin Kamara and the 305 in this year's rookie draft. What were your initial thoughts when you saw it? I mean, when I first saw this trade go down, I got really excited for Justin. Because when you take a look at Justin's roster, and as I pull it up here through Sleeper, he really didn't have a whole lot of threats with wide receiver. I mean, 
you, you could definitely get a little bit excited about Amari Cooper. Now that the draft is done, I, I don't really know really what his level of production will be next year. He also looked down the line. He's got Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I, I don't think he's the same receiver as well. Will Fuller and just a, a whole bunch of scrubs. I, I still really love Randall Cobb. I'm a huge Randall Cobb fan. But just looking at his wide receiver room, I just didn't really see a whole lot there. So initially, I, I look at his roster and I think, holy cow. I mean, this this is a great trade for his, for his team. Granted, it comes at the cost of dealing away Alvin Kamara. But man, he, he's now got a top tier wide receiver on that roster. And he also acquires a first round pick in the process. So I think if you look at Justin's roster, he's got three straight first round picks, <laughs> yep. seven, eight, and nine. And he can get as creative as he wants to here in this first round, this this very deep offensive uh, rookie draft. So I'd be kind of curious to see what he plans on doing. Maybe he takes a package of those first round picks and maybe gets a running back. But that being said, I, I would feel like here with one of those three, he probably will maybe get the spoils of the running backs that might be taken before then. And maybe he says, oh, I'll stick with that running back and see what he can do. Because in my opinion, I feel like a running back maybe has a, a three to four year shelf life. And here, Justin can get that running back and maybe just sit him on his taxi squad and just let him see what he does for, the, for this uh, NFL season, should there be an NFL season. I'm looking at the end of his bench. He does have quite a bit of IDPs also. I don't have many IDPs on my bench. Also, he's got Kumaro there. I know you've voiced that you think he could potentially get cut. Do you still believe that? I still think so. But, you know, with the Packers not going wide receiver in this draft and maybe looking at a couple options through rookie free agents, maybe his job will be safe. Just from a dynasty standpoint, I think all that Jake Kumaro will be will be just a special teamer. I know we have a few uh, UW-Whitewater fans that listen to our show, but and, and I'm a fan of Jake Kumaro as well. I'm all for the Division Three football player, but I, I don't see him really making that big of an impact dynasty-wise on any roster. So if, if I could offer any advice on Jake Kumaro, it would just kind of be to stay away. He's probably just a fan favorite to stash on the bench, knowing our rosters are so big. Looking at the rest of his team, you did mention – he has Sammy Watkins on his bench. His flexes, he does have two wide receivers as well. I still like Devontae Parker. He had an outstanding year last year. The rest of his career has been junk. So we will see which one was true this year. We already talked about with running back. It's pretty bare minimum he's got here. His running back one is now Philip Lindsay, which is kind of a nightmare because he's really in a three-headed monster in Denver now. Tariq Cohen also, I know you made you made a joke in our 32 team league about he might be a running back one on some of our teams. And if you look at the, his bench as well with running backs, Chris Thompson actually just signed with the Jaguars. We'll see what happens with Leonard Fournette. But then outside of that, Kerryon Johnson might have his job already stolen from DeAndre Swift. He just has a lot of flex type options. I like that idea you brought up where Maybe he packages together some of those first-round picks. He could even attach one or two of them to one of his current players and upgrade at the running back position if he's not super fond on any of the running backs in the draft. I think, he, personally, he should keep at least one of those picks, but I do like that idea you had about packaging them together and seeing what he can truly get. Yep, and that's entirely up to Justin's discretion. I don't know how much research he has put into these rookies. He can definitely get creative with whatever he decides to do there. If we go to Ryan's team, 
It's not like, he, yes, he lost a wide receiver one, but I think he can kind of patch it up slightly with DJ Moore, who is one of the brightest stars in Dynasty. But then he does have the MVP in Lamar Jackson, who really guided him to the title game versus Randy. Outside of that, on his bench, he just has like a lot of wide receiver depth. That's why he ultimately went with Kamara. So now he has his top three running backs being Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, and Kenyon Drake. I would assume he's going to trot out Kenyon Drake and Kamara as his two main running backs. But luckily for us, we added another flex this year. So he could go out with those three running backs in his starting lineup on... A, a weekly basis what were your thoughts for ryan's team makeup it, it might hurt just to get rid of adams right now but we we don't know how adams is going to produce at this level as long as rogers is his quarterback i look at his wide receivers and i really love uh, kenny galladay uh, i'm a big fan of dj moore along with you as well uh, he's he currently holds the 12th pick in our rookie draft so kind of at the end of that first round and again, with how deep this wide receiver class is, he's probably going to have his pick of whatever receiver he wants to go with. He's got Miles Boykin here on his taxi squad, though I don't think he's really going to amount to a much in that Baltimore offense. Really, it wasn't that bad of a mood, move on, uh, on Ryan's part there either. So, I mean, I, I also look, he's got Anthony Miller, Darius Slayton, Kiki Kuti. I, I, don't, I think that Deshaun Hamilton's job in Denver is maybe gone. And Cole Beasley's still productive at uh, at age uh, 31. So I'm thinking now he can, he's probably going to go wide receiver with his rookie pick. And I would say he, he's got a good one-two punch there in the running back room with Fournette and Drake. Now Kamara as well. I think the only other way he could go would be tight end but i think it's kind of a reach in the first round of a rookie draft to take a tight end especially with not having one that really sticks out the top tight end going out of the draft is cole Komet from the bears and they have like nine of them so i don't think it'd be the smartest so I, like you said i think he definitely will either go with a wide receiver or i could see him also trying to trade that pick and maybe attaching it to someone else and trying to upgrade one of his depth pieces absolutely Getting into our second trade then, it actually took place with yours truly and Stirk Daddy. So I received DeAndre Hopkins and the 201 for Keenan Allen, my 103, and my 208. And me and, and Stirk Daddy were going back and forth about it. Originally, the offer that he he was sending to me, I really didn't like at all. And it ended up turning into a trade surrounding DeAndre Hopkins. And originally, I wanted to get DeAndre Hopkins and his first round pick, which is 110. And then I was willing to give Keenan Allen my 103 and my 205. However, he said he doesn't feel comfortable with giving me one of his first round picks. So he wanted to change the 110 to the 201. So with that being said, I said, all right, if you're going to change that to a 201, I'd like to change my 205 to a 208. So very minor details there. But all in all, he keeps his first round pick. He gets Keenan Allen. He gets the third overall pick. And he now gets the 208. So he really gets four good pieces by keeping that first round pick. I get DeAndre Hopkins, who's a top five receiver in the NFL and fantasy. And then I also get the 201. I get the fall off of whatever falls out of the first round. Me individually, what I'm looking at is probably, it depends on who's there, 
I'd like to get a good running back piece, but my guess is they're all going to be gone, the ones that I really want with that pick. What were your thoughts when you saw this? I was initially surprised when you decided to deal your third overall pick there, but I can understand now when I look at your current roster makeup. I kind of wish Sleeper had a feature where you could actually look at rosters before and after trades, but let me just go down the line with your team, Logan, because I do know that at the end of the regular season, you were trying to push to move Patrick Mahomes. And I don't think you need to at this point because I just look at your starting lineup and who I think you would be starting on a regular basis. And I see a pretty solid bunch. It's quietly coming to be kind of a dangerous roster that you have as well. I'm a little concerned with what James Conner might do or what might happen to him. I think it's kind of a prove-it year for him. I kind of look at your wide receivers and while uh, cd lamb is now in dallas you do have michael gallup and i i still think he's up and coming it, he might get cut into his line of production but he still can be a pretty productive ride receiver when given the opportunity i just think of that dallas offense and that's just going to be a scary offense to look at come this fall uh you got evan ingram with your tight end i kind of look down the line i don't see a whole lot of depth there either with hollister ian thomas is maybe a, a tight end to get excited about but I guess we'll see with how he reacts and how he is with Teddy Bridgewater. Yep. So, you know, just going down the line with your team, I feel like you've done what you needed to in order to build a competitive roster with this league. You still have four picks in this rookie draft. You know, it sucks that you'll have to wait until probably the 13th overall pick in this rookie draft, but that comes that comes with obviously trying to make your roster better. And again, this is a pretty deep deep draft so I, I i look at that and i think you know there's nothing really wrong with making a move like this plus i think you actually gained a year of productivity from a guy like deandre hopkins who i believe is younger than allen right. he's now in that offense with uh, arizona so again I, I feel like that was a good move on your part it's going to provide kyler murray with tons of weapons and heck for all we know hopkins might become the featured guy there in the desert my only worry for my team right now is my depth if you look at my bench, it's pretty ugly. Um, but I'm okay with it right now. I just got, like I said, a top five wide receiver. My flex is going to be a struggle. Unless I can hit on one of these rookie picks, it's going to be a struggle on a weekly basis. I am lucky that I now have two picks in the second round. I have two of the top five picks in the second round. So I'll just get whoever I viewed as being... Best player available at 201. I'm hoping that Ronald Jones doesn't take a huge hit with Keyshawn Vaughn coming in, but that very well could happen because he can't block. But I like my Alan Lazard piece as well, especially because the Packers didn't draft a wide receiver. I think he can put up some productive, solid numbers. We look at it from the perspective of Sturk Daddy then. And now Sturk Daddy, he's trotting out a starting wide receiver core of Juju Smith-Schuster and Keenan Allen. Juju, he got from you. Keenan Allen, he got from me. Chris Carson, his other starting running back, he got from me. Uh, what do you think about it from the perspective of his wide receiver depth? Obviously, he loses a top five guy, but. Yeah, the other thing with Sterk Daddy was I, he was trying to move D.D. Westbrook at the end of last year. He did kind of have a good end to his year. But with D.D. Westbrook, it's totally unpredictable his numbers of production considering who is who his quarterback is. Uh, I don't know what to expect from Gardner Minshew this year. I guess we'll have to wait and see. But he's kind of like that wide receiver, too, down there in Jacksonville. I also look, you know, just going down the line with his other wide receivers, and he's still got Deshaun 
Vincent Jackson. He's also got Nelson Aguilar, who drops everything in sight, but could maybe uh, revitalize his career there in Las Vegas. Marcus Johnson, I see, probably is a guy that'll be cut in Indy. Zach Pascal was basically the fe- one of the featured guys in Indy once Hilton went down. Tim Patrick's probably doesn't have, have a doesn't have a starting job anymore. He's got Greg Ward as well um, from Philly. So you know, just a few names that you look there, and he's got some depth there. I don't know if they warrant any draft picks because <laughs> if you look at if you look at Stirk Daddy's uh, draft picks, and holy cow, he has one, two, three, four, five, six picks, including five in the first and second round so he was actually one guy from my perspective that i actually wanted to grab his seconds from just because that's just added pressure from my point of view picking second overall again with how deep this this rookie draft will be he could maybe find some plug and play pieces and kind of get you know a little creative as far as what he decides to do there i look at his tight end room and he's got digger and waller with uh, the las vegas Raider, raiders and he's got some upside, though he is 27 years old. I don't really see another tight end on his bench. So, again, a, a name like Cole Kmet comes comes right out there. And maybe that will be a guy he grabs towards the latter end of the second round. But he can definitely get creative however he wants to with his rookie picks here this year. Yeah, he is loaded. And it's ironic because he was bashing the rookie draft prior, saying it's not nothing special. And here he is now with six picks. I'd be kind of curious to see what changed his mind or what he read or what he came across that said, hey, you know, if you're smart and you're in a dynasty format, maybe see if you can move some of your pieces. And because this is this is probably the draft where you're going to see a lot of players basically, as I would term them as replacements for a lot of these guys that maybe are just kind of like on those on the brinks of trying to make a NFL roster. And then he's going to have his pick of those six if he keeps all of them. You know, which players does he actually plug in? And then also, what players, you know, does he put on his taxi squad? Knowing it's four spots, he could have a full taxi squad if he really wanted to. Well, as I look at his roster right now, I think, I really think that once the draft is said and done, I see I see Stirk Daddy probably dropping about six players. Yeah, I agree. In this team. I agree on that. Getting into our third trade then, we had Spaceballs making his first official move as manager of a team so he ends up trading away brandon cooks who is now in houston and proceed i would say either wide receiver one or two with will fuller and he trades away his 309 and he is receiving mark ingram the 306 the 307 and the 406 i've talked to tyler about this when i first saw this trade i was very sketched out I'm like, why is Tyler only getting two pieces and Spaceballs getting four? I thought this was, in a way, how Tyler was trying to welcome Spaceballs into the league by replenishing the picks that Rowdy actually traded away. Then I plugged it into a calculator and found out that Tyler actually won the trade. When you saw this trade, what did you think? For starters, I you know not knowing enough about what is going to come with the future of Randy Cooks and Mark Ingram. It was kind of tough to assess that at first, but I kind of want to start from Tyler's perspective. So he gets a guy in Brandon Cooks. Now in Houston, DeAndre Hopkins, as we mentioned earlier, is now gone in Houston as well. I look at his wide receiver room, and he's Adam Thielen, who is 
probably the featured guy now in Minnesota. As I mentioned before, he's got Cooks. He also has Julian Edelman minus Tom Brady now in New England. He's got Jamison Crowder with the Jets. And I just go down his wide receiver line down here, and I see he's got El Elshon Jeffrey with Philly. He's got Tyrell Williams, who was injured last year quite a bit with the Las Vegas Raiders. A few guys like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside with Philly, who kind of got featured once all those wide receivers went out. I mean, that's I mean, it's not a bad bunch, but it makes me wonder what he'll do in this upcoming draft. I mean, he does hold the 105 pick this year. Would that be where the first wide receiver falls off? I guess we'll find out later. It looks like acquired a third and he but he did deal away those multitude of those mid third round picks there as well so uh, if you don't mind i kind of want to take a look at Spaceballs roster as well he's got to find an option for a running back right behind ezekiel elliott because Devontae freeman right now needs a home needs a job and doesn't really have a job at this point i do i do look down the line there as well and he's got duke johnson He's now got Mark Ingram that he'll probably plug and play there. Jalen Richard in Las Vegas as well. Jamal Williams with Green Bay. He, he's got some pieces to maybe plug and play with there as well. He's got Tyler Boyd with Cincinnati who is due for a good year now with Joe Burrow. I guess we'll wait and see with his rookie campaign. Marquise Brown, Allen Robinson, and now Emmanuel Sanders in New Orleans. So he's got a pretty a pretty good start. I mean, he, he's going to learn quite a bit this next year with Sleeper. He had mentioned that he uh, doesn't have a whole ton of experience with Sleeper, but that's what we're all about here. And he's taking over Rowdy's team, so Rowdy actually had a really good squad. I had heard from a couple people, you know, saying that he's not responding to trades, he's not responding to messages, but it could just come along with that learning curve that he doesn't know how to maneuver around it yet i think he when he's a familiar hopefully he's going to be wheeling and dealing because if you don't trade in dynasty it's very very hard to stay competitive and our next trade actually just went down last night and it was between the brothers and when i saw that it was between them i'm like oh god i'm waiting to see who's the first person to say collusion d slack he was in the market for a lot of future picks he wants to start over he wants to start the brand over and he showed that last night by sending Sony Michelle, Terry McLaurin, who is a great young piece, his 301 this year and a 2021 third, to his brother, Michael, who actually has a really good team. He's got two firsts this year. He now has three firsts next year and two firsts the following year. He also, in that, in that equation, has five second-round picks. So he's all about that draft. He told me, he sent me a simple text after the trade went down. He said, people are going to think about my team in their nightmares in the next two years. And I said, well, depends who these pieces are. On the other side then, D. Slack, he brings home John Brown, good piece in Buffalo, the wide receiver two. Brings home Drew Brees in what might be his last year, maybe two years. And then also brings home a 2021 first. So like I stated, he now has seven first round picks in the next three years. And five seconds from my recollection. What were your thoughts on that trade? Well, I'll tell you this. I don't think uh, Little Slads values uh, rookie picks at all. Uh, <laughs> just kind of looking at his team there, and I'm like, okay. I mean, he's got 202 that he's looking to still deal. He's got 301 and 402. But I I'm just looking at this trade from D. Slacky's perspective, and he's got maybe 
a year or two with Drew Brees. And I felt like, you know, just looking at his team, and I think we discussed this earlier, he had Carson Wentz and Dwayne Haskins as his two quarterbacks, which made you wonder if he would maybe consider a quarterback in this upcoming draft. He still could if he wants to and just stash him away on that uh, taxi squad. But I feel like he did improve at the quarterback position there as well. I look at the rest of the moves and how it impacts his roster. And he gets a guy like John Brown up there in Buffalo who will be competing for touches with Stephon Diggs. But, you know, he, you look at that and he can maybe plug in John Brown there at the flex. He's also got A.J. Green there as well. I, I think that right away, he's got some good pieces to maybe play around with. And he's got Noah Fant at tight end. And I think Noah Fant is due for a huge year coming up here in 2020, should there be a season. But just going down the line and looking at his roster, there's a couple wide receivers I get excited about, like Robbie Anderson now in Carolina with uh, Teddy Bridgewater. He's got Hunt Renfro as well. There's some promise there on that roster. Uh, he also builds up all those picks as well. I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with Terry McLaurin now in year two, all depending on what happens to him and who's throwing him the ball. Sony Michelle is going to be a whole different story up there in New England, especially with that offense. I don't know what they do with next year, who's going to be leading that offense at quarterback position, but we'll have to wait and see what happens with Sony Michelle. I believe he might be in his third year with the, with the club. So We'll have to see how New England values him there as well. All right, so give me your winner on each of these four trades. So if I could start back from the beginning, I think with the first trade we talked about, I feel like Justin benefited in a huge way in acquiring Devontae Adams, so I give the nod to Justin. Second trade between DeAndre Hopkins and Keenan Allen, I give the nod to Logan here. As I go down the line here with trade number three between uh, – Tyler and Spaceballs, I give the nod to Spaceballs here just because I am a little bit of a Mark Ingram fan and it seems like he's going to be end up being one of those backs that will continue to keep turning the wheels well into his 30s, much like Frank Gore. By the way, shout out to Frank Gore today for uh, signing a deal with the New York Jets at age 37. Last but not least, we have one more trade between D Sladkey and Little Slads. I feel as though D. Sladke benefited by acquiring Drew Brees to help lead his team and his offense in 2020. So I give my nod to D. Sladke there. Going through the four trades for me, in the first trade, I give the nod to Justin because not only does he get a top five wide receiver, but he also gets another first round pick. In the second trade, I hate to sound self-conceited, but I do give myself the win. Third trade, I give the nod to Spaceballs as well. And then in the fourth trade, I give the nod to Little Sladke because of the fact that he gets two nice pieces of depth, including Terry McLaurin, who I am higher on than some people might be on him. Although it is nice that T. Sladke did pick up another first because he's going to own like the next three drafts by this point. So that's what we got on trades. After this, we are going to talk about the impact of skill positions. Now we are going to talk about positions of interest 
quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and then very, very briefly talk about IDPs from this last draft. First position we have is quarterback. So looking at the quarterbacks, the main ones we have, there's really three of them, I would say. In Burrow, Tua, and Herbert. What are your thoughts on that? Those are the three names that stick out right away. After that, it's kind of a cloudy mess, to tell you the truth. I think a lot of people were thinking that Love could maybe end up in Indianapolis, and he ended up going off to Green Bay. And I think he's going to end up sitting in Green Bay for a little bit, despite all the rumors that Aaron Rodgers might be fed up with organizational leadership up there in Green Bay. Don't forget about Jalen Hurts over there in Philadelphia as well, because I think Jalen Hurts being taken in round two by Philadelphia definitely brought up a warning to Carson Wentz because we have yet to see Carson Wentz finish out an NFL season. And I think with Jalen Hurts, they could plug him in here, there, everywhere, kind of like what the Saints do with Casey. One name that you left out that I'm really high on is Jacob Eason with the Colts. You did mention the Colts with Jordan Love. There was a lot of speculation there because Phillip Rivers is on a one-year contract, the first quarterback, and we're going to talk primarily about four or five names So we have Joe Burrow, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but he could be the number four pick, or I would say he's probably going to go in the second round at the latest. Kyler Murray last year, Justin took him with like the fourth or fifth pick. Quarterbacks, it's not wise to, to draft them early, especially knowing that we don't have a super flex position. He's not a mobile quarterback, so it's not like he's going to be on the perspective of Lamar Jackson. So what do you think about Burrow? I love everything that comes with Joey Burrow, but I don't know if he is worthy of being taken at 104. I know Andy holds two first-round picks in this rookie draft, and I think you agree with me here, Logan. She's got so much fulfilling need there. I look at everybody else, and for how stacked it is at the other positions, which we'll talk about later, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Burrow to go uh, that high but we could definitely see it happen. It all depends on who listens to our show. Again, I I could see uh, Burrow possibly going at 111. That's another move that uh, Andy's got to feel comfortable with. I feel like she's got a lot of good offers out there as far as teams that have uh, three quarterbacks on their roster. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. Do I think he slips to the second round? No, I think more realistically, he'll probably go 111. Getting into the second quarterback, we have Tua. I do not think Tua is taken in the first round. To think about it from the perspective of this year alone, there's no guarantee he's starting in in game one. And I don't think that they should start him in game one. Uh, Just because of the health and Fitzpatrick's really good, it'd be awesome for him to develop behind him. Now, if I was going to take a quarterback and I wanted to use him this year, then I would suggest that someone takes Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert has a significantly higher chance taking over the team than Tua right off the bat it might be a little difficult for all rookie running back rookie quarterbacks because we don't know what camp's going to look like so there might not even be any camp battles with that in mind they might just go as a franchise with the safer option someone that they know what they look like in camp or more specifically just from an overall player perspective unless andy really took one of those quarterbacks because burrow went off the board I don't think either of them are taken in the first round. It'll be interesting to watch. Just with those three names alone that you had mentioned, uh, the only person that I see starting on day one will be Burrow. Uh, when you're taken that high, you're kind of giving the keys to the franchise, and that just that shows a franchise putting their complete faith into uh, seeing what you can do. 
But outside of those three guys, I think everybody else should be at the end of the third round. There's so many more position players that we've seen from looking at past drafts could explode after the third or fourth round if you take them. Hunter Renfro was really good in the third last year. In the fourth, we had Deontay Johnson, and we also had Terry McLaurin, who are two solid pieces for the Steelers and the Redskins. Yeah, and I I don't mind sharing some of my plans when it comes to this draft, but I I look at my team having both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers on the team, and I I see nothing wrong myself with seeing who's available at my last two third-round picks. I hold 308 and 310. I'll I'll be honest here. I I think I will go quarterback because, again, I don't have another pick for the last 14 picks of this draft, and I feel like I can't risk letting a quarterback just drop down into the fourth round for another team to grab. So I'm, I'm okay with grabbing uh, like any anybody else that we had mentioned tonight on our show um, towards the latter end of the third round. Now's the big one. We got running backs. Obviously, the, the big one that, that got a first-round pick is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire from the Chiefs. Then we also have Jonathan Taylor, who was taken by the Colts. We have DeAndre Swift, who was taken from the Lions. We have J.K. Dobbins, who was taken from the Ravens. We have Keyshawn Vaughn, who was taken from the Bucks, And finally, we have Cam Akers, who was taken from the Rams. Don't forget about A.J. Dillon as well. I know that he was drafted by the Packers there in round two, but he does have interesting upside. He reminds me a lot of a Dorsey Levins kind of a back, back when he played with the green and gold. He's going to be the only safe back under contract. That is true. He'll have a lot of decisions to make with Aaron Jones and with Jamal Williams. Aaron Jones, I think, is going to demand a pretty high salary as long as he has a pretty solid season this year. Yeah, I think I think he sees that Christian McCaffrey money. But, again, there's some players out there that want to get paid. There's some players that just want to win. And maybe Aaron Jones is under that thought and philosophy that I feel like I can win in Green Bay. I love the culture. I love the vibe. I love the city. Let's try to bring a championship home. I, as commissioner, have already been told that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will be the 101. There will be nothing that changes that. From my perspective, that's good to know. Uh, That kind of helps limit my decision down to who I feel like might be available at 102. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to fit really well in that offense down there in Kansas City. Kind of gives Andy Reid that Brian Westbrook kind of a back and just the thought of him being Patrick Mahomes alone is very intriguing as well. I feel, he, in my opinion, he fits my definition of a hybrid back. Who, in a, in a hybrid back to me is basically a back that will getting a lot of touches out of the backfield. I feel like he'll win that job over the incumbents that are there right now. So I feel like that'd be a great move for D Slacky to give CEH a look at 101. Sure. I think that you, and you don't have to tell me who, but I think that it comes down to three names. J.K. Dobbins, because I know you're really high on him. DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor. I think it's going to be one of those three. I think you're pretty set on a running back just because you have two pass-catching running backs. You never know what one of these guys could end up doing if they're given a lot of investment and a lot of work from their respective teams. At pick number two, I, you know, you definitely nailed it on the head. I've been looking really hot and heavy at J.K. Dobbins. I've been looking at Jonathan Taylor. I've also been looking at Cam Akers as well. 
And a dark horse name that I have been keeping my eyes on has been Keyshawn Vaughn in Tampa Bay. I, I really love the fact that he's now in Tampa Bay with Tom Brady. Kind of reminds me a lot of what James White was. Now, are they kind of the same runner? Not necessarily, but James White was really used well in that New England offense. He caught a lot of passes out of the backfield. Could we see that with Keyshawn Vaughn? Probably not, but you you, know, you can't rule him out in getting two to three catches out of the backfield too. And that, and that definitely does weigh in pretty heavy in a PPR league like this. I've even still considered maybe trading that pick as well at 102, but I still got to get a good bang for my buck depending on who that is. I know some other names that were late that were taken of note would be Darrington Evans, drafted by the Titans. Deion Lewis is now gone. He's now the incumbent back behind Derrick Henry. And then another name I've actually been very interested in is DJ Dallas. He's a running back from Seattle. And the only reason I'm by default calling him a player of note is because the Seattle backfield can never stay healthy. He could end up working himself in. I did see yesterday that Marshawn Lynch has been in talks with the Seahawks as well again. I'd be curious to find out your perspective as a Chargers fan on Joshua Kelly. I'm a big Justin Jackson fan outside of fantasy, but I like him as a player. So Joshua Kelly, I know he was really solid out of UCLA. I'm interested in him. I don't know how interested I am in him. But yeah, Josh Kelly is also a name to note, depending upon how that camp battle, if it happens, goes with him and Jackson. I think he'll still be factored in at some point this year. There are a couple other players as well, like Lynn Bowden for the the Las Vegas Raiders. I know he's kind of a hybrid player where he plays in special teams, lines up in the wide receiver spots, and he's also a running back. So he does it all in that perspective. Another back I kind of want to mention in case we don't is Anthony McFarland now with the Steelers. The, the Steelers go ahead and bring him in to kind of go alongside James Conner and Jalen Sam, uh, Samuels. Just something to note is just with, with Connor's recent injury history, you could see a guy like McFarland maybe getting some playing time and getting some touches, maybe being featured a little bit more. I do know that that running back room in Pittsburgh is a little stacked right now. Keep in mind, the Steelers also drafted Benny Snell Jr. last year. And they also do have guys like Trey Edmonds on the roster and Derek Watt. You, you just never know with Anthony McFarland. He could be that guy that you know we don't talk about that could end up just going off and just ending up taking that position by storm. I guess we'll have to wait and see. So moving on to the wide receivers then, it's pretty deep, that's for sure. So with the wide receivers, the big ones of note, I would say, are Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Henry Ruggs, Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rieger, Brandon Ayuk, Denzel Mims, Michael Pittman. I'm definitely missing at least one or two big names. LaVisca Chenault. LaVisca Chenault, T. Higgins. I could go on and on and on and on because there's a lot of them. But who is your favorite wide receiver? I think you can say that because I'm going to assume you're taking a running back. But if you had to pick one, who would be your favorite? My favorite right now, believe it or not, is Denzel Mims with the Jets. I look at what Denzel Mims brings to that offense, and I think you and I both kind of just drooled over him before this draft. This guy was making 
toe-step catches along the sidelines. He was putting on a show down there in Baylor in that high-octane offense. I, I think, you know, he's going to continue to replicate those numbers at the professional level, especially with a guy like Sam Darnold, who does desperately need some weapons. And I feel like the Jets can take this wide receiver and plug him in as their wide receiver, too, right away. You know, if he does reach his potential and does just go off in his rookie campaign, he's going to eventually develop into that quality wide receiver one on a lot of rosters. And I, I think whoever ends up getting Denzel Mims will be extremely pleased with what he can bring to their team. Sure. Who's yours? I know my favorite before the draft was C.D. Lamb. I know I talked a lot about Jerry Judy. But I'd say that now my favorite is going to be Jerry Judy. If I had to say for fit, you're not going to like this, but my favorite in terms of fit is Justin Jefferson with the Vikings because he is now the clear-cut wide receiver too. He is an outstanding wide receiver. Man, looking at those wide receivers at LSU last year with Jamar Chase too, just an explosive one-two tandem. Randy Santorelli is going to love that pick in Minnesota. If I had to say overall, it'd be Jerry Judy. In terms of fit, I would say Justin Jefferson was my favorite. Sure. I don't know how early he could go. I guess it all depends. I'll tell you right now, if Randy had a first-round pick, he'd probably be all about that. Maybe maybe look at Andy. You know, Andy's a huge Viking fan as well, and she might see a lot of value with Justin Jefferson as well. And she could get her guy maybe at 1-4. But, again, I think, you know, with us discussing that running back, we'll go – one, two, and three, I, I feel like maybe there might be a better fit for her at one, four. If running back goes one, two, three, four, Tyler Parra is going to be doing backflips because he's going to have his pick of any wide receiver he wants in the deepest class in years. And then additionally, D. Sladke is at six. And if he wants, he can have whoever's left between C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy if that's really the order that they go between. So I think 5-6 is the spot to be right now. Do you have any late-round sleepers you've been looking at for wide receivers? Man, I hope like hell that a guy like Tyler Johnson will be available in the third round. I've kind of thought, you know, for how fast these receivers might fly off the board, where might he be taken? And I, you know, I'm a huge Minnesota Gopher fan, hashtag row the boat. I would just love to have my hands all over Tyler Johnson. He doesn't have a great speed, but... With that, he does run great routes. So I feel like if you pair him and Tom Brady up, watch out. I feel like he can help uh, bolster that offense even more. And he's just an all-around good guy. And I, I, I would really love if I could personally get my own hands on Tyler Johnson. My number one sleeper, I've been all about him, Antonio Gandy-Golden, who got drafted by the Washington Redskins. I love Gandy-Golden. Huge red zone threat. For Dwayne Haskins. Then we get into tight ends. And tight ends, there wasn't really a standout tight end, but it really starts with Cole Komet being the highest drafted tight end by the Bears. If they figure that out, they just got rid of Trey Burton. He could be a nice target for Mitch Trubisky slash Nick Foles because they don't really have many targets. They have Allen Robinson, and I feel like that's the only reliable guy. What are some other names of people that you've had your eye on for tight end? So I think right after Cole Komet, there is Adam Troutman, who uh, comes from Dayton down to New Orleans, and he'll get to learn a lot behind Jared Cook. Jared Cook being at 33 years old, but still being as productive, I think he could maybe do some great things down there. 
in uh, New Orleans. I also look at Albert O with Denver. I think Denver now has a good one-two punch between Noah Fant and now Albert O. I'm not even going to bother trying to pronounce his last name. You can try it yourself. I like to call him Albert O. He's another guy that I would keep my eye on for the Broncos. Don't forget about Bryson Hopkins. I think, you know, pre-draft, a lot of teams were, not teams, but a lot of people were high on Bryce Hopkins, who is now with the Rams. He's going to learn a lot behind Tyler Higby, who is currently on my roster, and Gerald Everett, too. And I do know the Rams want to run their offense through the tight end. So I would expect a guy like Bryson Hopkins to maybe be some sort of a sleeper towards the, the late rounds here of our rookie draft. And then the last name I'll say, and he's not on the drafted list, I know you don't like him because he's slow, but Thaddeus Moss. And the only reason I'm going to mention him is because Randy was livid that the Vikings didn't spend one of their 15 picks on him. He signed an undrafted free agent deal with Washington Redskins. Guess what? As of this moment, he is the current first string tight end on the Washington Redskins because Jordan Reed is gone. Vernon Davis is gone. I think, you know, if he at least plays halfway decent in training camp or whenever they see him, he can make the team and he is the first string tight end and he was undrafted. And if he actually puts up decent production, man, to go undrafted. But I think it was primarily because of his injuries. They didn't get a good read on him. Could be a name to note. I'm assuming Randy will take a pick on Thaddeus Moss if he gets the chance at a good spot. If he falls, watch out. IDPs of na- of note, and I say it because I just went back today and I looked. We had seven IDPs that were drafted out of 48 picks last year. I think that's kind of head-scratching. There was an IDP that went 203 last year. Do you have a guess who it was? I think that was me. And there was one before you. Uh... Jake. Took really? Devin Bush at 203. How could Jake de- uh, value Devin Bush more than him valuing a guy like Nick Bosa? Yeah, I don't understand. But I went and I looked, I'm like, wait a second, what? And they went back to back. It was Bush and then Bosa by you. It's incredible. So the big names, I'd say, are Chase Young, Derek Brown, Javon Kinlaw. I know Lakuda was taken three overall, but he's a corner. Usually safeties score more in our league. I know Akuda will probably get drafted in ours. Do you have your eye on some IDPs this year, or are you thinking more positional players? I feel like this year I might value more positional players with my four picks in my rookie draft, but I can't rule out a linebacker, especially for a a team like mine that just lost Luke Keegley. I mean, Luke was a huge part of that Carolina defense. He scored a ton of points on Sundays. So I need to try to figure out now who's going to replace them. I I don't know if it's going to be a rookie yet. I don't know if it's going to be an undrafted free agent who's still sitting on waivers. But I do like a guy like Zach Bond out of Wisconsin. I feel like he is a very smart football player and just flies to the ball. I feel like he's going to be a, a good, good linebacker down there in New Orleans. It's quite realistic for me to see him starting games in 2020, but would I take a rookie pick on him? I guess that remains to be seen. You look at guys like Chase Young, uh, Javon Kinlaw, who I completely love. Maybe a guy like Patrick Queen as well. I feel like here with Patrick Queen in Baltimore, uh, he will also get some playing time as well. But it all depends on, again, what happens if we see like a training camp or any practicing or anything like that, that these players will uh, – need to get more and more involved with their team 
uh, as they go down the line. If IDPs start flying, when do you think that the first IDP will get taken? I think the first IDP, realistically, we will probably start maybe around 2-12. I think next year, when we have six rounds, we're going to see a lot more IDPs taken, and we're going to see a lot more free agents taken. What are your thoughts on that? I almost forgot to talk about free agents this year, but there could be some that get taken in this draft. It's very well possible. I, I do know that the quarterback situation there in the Windy City is quite controversial as the Bears decide to decline that 50-year option for Mitchell Trubisky. And now they've brought a guy like Nick Foles in who has won some big games. Now will Foles take over that starting position from Trubisky? I guess that remains to be seen, but we'll have to wait and see there. Tyrod Taylor, does he start on day one with the Chargers offense? We don't know. He's another name to watch as well. I, I don't really see a lot of receivers or running backs out there of notes um, that aren't rookies that would be taken. But I would say looking at those two names, you know, it, it's, it's quite possible that a guy like Nick Foles or Tyrod Taylor might be taken off the board here. One name of note that I have for free agents is a tight end, Hayden Hurst, who's in Atlanta now. He's taken over the work for Austin Hooper, who's now in Cleveland. I think that Hayden Hurst could find his way at the end of our rookie draft. If not, I think he's going to be one of the most bid-on players when free agency opens. Don't forget, Rob Gronkowski went undrafted, and Lefty bid like 90% of his, his, bu his budget on Gronk, and now Gronk's back. I got a question for you before we kind of conclude tonight. Would you rather take a guy like Hayden Hurst, or would you maybe grab one of our rookies here in our rookie draft? I'd probably go Hurst. Unless there's a name there that I absolutely love. If Antonio Gandy-Golden's there, I'm taking him over Hurst. I think he might be, along with Tyrod and Foles, the three names that you could see being taken from the free agency. I tell you what, I have some homework to do myself in order to get prepared for this rookie draft. I can't wait. Our rookie draft will actually be on Saturday, and it'll be over a Zoom call. And it's going to be nice to see all of these teams here all together trying to work out trades, trying to work out negotiations, and trying to get something all set and planned for the rosters coming up in the calendar year. So with that being said, next week we're going to do a mock draft, final mock draft before our actual draft next Saturday, and then we're going to get geared up, ready to go. The following week we'll talk about our draft's results. Thanks for listening.